This is the sermon of the AFM Impact Christian Center in Madrid. For more information, contact us on www.afmimpact.org or email us on info at afmimpact.org. We'd like to hear from you. We are in that time of the year when now it's winter cold and it's flu, uh, just a normal flu, and all those things are going around. So we have a number of infectious diseases in the world. And we are told by the doctors and the people who know about these things that it is caused by viruses. Viruses that infect people. It, goes, it's, it, it, it is transmitted between humans and it causes some flu-like symptoms. And sometimes it is not so severe, but sometimes even people die because of these illnesses. But today I want to also to draw your attention to another type of flu that's going around and that we need to take note of. And when I say that, Pastor Owen put his mask a little bit tighter. <laughs> There's a dangerous infection going around in the world. It's a flu that, that creeps into the way we think and the way we live, and the way we do things. It's an influenza that comes into our spiritual lives. And it's just as dangerous, if not more dangerous, than COVID-19, and even monkeypox, and all of these things. And we read about this in 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 5. And I'm reading to you in the New Living Translation. It says, in the last days, there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Do you think we have this flu in the world? You know, this flu has a name. It is called, called secularization. We are living in a time when the world is more and more secular. And it's a time when, when Christian values and Christian norms are no longer influencing the way people live their everyday lives. We see it happening. As we were driving in the car, we were just talking about this as well. The way people live. As we were driving, actually, there was a church service on the radio. And they were reading the law, the Ten Commandments. You know, how people are supposed to live. And we ask ourselves, do people still live like that? 
Do people still have the Ten Commandments even as a norm? So we are living in a time when Christian values and norms are no longer influencing the way people live. For many people that is true. That's part of this illness, this flu called secularization. When religion loses its social and cultural significance. There was a time when the church was the center of a community. I trust God that we will go back to those times. That we are living in times when the church and what the church does and believes and say is pushed to the periphery of society. And there's other norms that becomes the culture of the day. When it becomes normal to be irreligious, that's the time we are living in. It's normal to have no religion. It's normal to don't give any status or respectability to people who are following their conviction to believe in Christ. Some people even make jokes of people who believe in Jesus. So religion, in many instances, loses its social significance. And I think part of the systems of, of this illness, of this flu that we see around us, part of the, there are many of them, but I, I only mentioned two of the symptoms, is egoism and narcissism. Egoism and narcissism, when, when people are admiring themselves so much, when life is all about them, all about what they have, what they can achieve, what they want to achieve, what they want to have, where they want to be, and they're admiring themselves. You know, that's why we're living in a selfie world. Wherever we go, you know, we need to be in the picture. <laughs> because people need to see me. I was there. <laughs> Life becomes so self-centered, so egoistic. We, want to, we, we are looking at ourselves and we, when you look at the picture of people somewhere, which, what person are you looking at first in that picture? Let's be honest. You look at yourself. Do I look okay in this picture? If I'm not looking, no, we can't send this, we can't put this picture on social media. No, no. The other one, okay, but in the other one, maybe that person's eyes are closed, but at least I look good. <laughs> Let's put this one. This one. The symptoms of this illness. It's all about people, all about ourselves, all about our money. Our possessions. And in the process of this, people really become cruel. They, the Bible says they hate what is good. So I'm living in time like that. People really hate what is good. They live recklessly. They become puffed up with pride. And then Paul says to Timothy, stay away from those people. Why is he saying stay away? 
Because this illness is highly infectious. You know, we've been trained over the last few months to have social distance. We've been trained to have masks and to sanitize. Some people say they sanitize so much they don't even have dirty thoughts anymore. <laughs> Everything is being sanitized. <laughs> but Paul says to Timothy, stay away from these people. I have just given you the list. We have read that verses. He says, stay away. Keep social distance. Because that is infectious. And it's deadly to our spiritual lives. And sometimes it's really sad if, if one looks at the church worldwide and one sees secularization creeping into the church. Where these same things that we read in those verses becomes part of how the church and church people look. But there's good news, there's a medicine, there's an antidote. You know, I know some of you are, are afraid of the vaccines. But there's a vaccine. <laughs> there's a vaccine, it's a proven vaccine. Not the World Health Organization. The Bible says there's a vaccine, there's a medicine, an antidote against this infection that is putting the whole spiritual world in danger. And this antidote is to be full of the Holy Spirit. The antidote against the illness, the sickness, the influenza in our spiritual lives is to be full of the Holy Spirit. To live as people of the Spirit. Unity with one another. In the midst of the secularizing world, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 24, it says, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed their passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Then he says, Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Paul says, if we derive our life from the Spirit, if that is true, let us also walk in the Spirit. Meaning, let our everyday life shows that we are full of the Spirit of God. Let our everyday of life, the way we speak, the way we carry ourselves, the things we are talking about, the way we do business, the way we do life, let that be, you sang that song, a testimony of being full of the Spirit of God. His influence in my life. Now, we can be influenced by the secularization of the world, and it's there, it's a reality, it's a fact. That can influence us, and it does for many people. Or we can say, I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit, by whom I have life, to influence me. To influence the way I think, the way I speak, the way I live. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to determine my everyday normal lifestyle. 
And I think I need to say this. Uh, life in the Spirit or life by the Spirit is not an occasional event. You know, I'm in the church and wow, God blessed me. He touched me. I was wonder- It was wonderful. I felt all the hair on my arm standing up. I was really... God was there. Ooh, that's great. There's place for that. There's room for that. There's room to spend time Wow, what am I doing? There's room to spend time in the church service where you experience God's presence. The Holy Spirit is there. He touches you. You experience that. There's room for that. But that's not all what is the life in the Spirit is about. Life in the Holy Spirit is actually a continuous state. It's a way of living. It's not a happening, an event. Once a year, we have Pentecost. I need a certain experience on that week. That's good. There's place for that. But life in the Holy Spirit is a way of living, a continuous state. And I'm reading Ephesians 5:18 here. Paul says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, at some point in my life when I was in Cape Town as a pastor there, I was the chairperson of the managing body of a place called Ramot. It's a center for people who are alcoholics or drug addicts, and they try to rehabilitate them. I was the chairperson of that governing body for a few years. A person who becomes an alcoholic doesn't become one in one day. It doesn't happen in one day. And I've never met a person who said, you know, when he grows up as a young person, one day I want to be an alcoholic. I've never met a young person like that. And it does, doesn't happen that one day he wakes up and now he's an alcoholic. It's something that takes time. Over time, the influence of alcohol in that person's life becomes more and more and more and more. And as Paul says here, when he, it's ruining their lives. Ruins their life. It ruins relationships. It ruins self-image. It ruins jobs. It ruins families. It ruins their lives. But it takes time. There's a continuous process happening in the life of an alcoholic where it comes to the point of ruin. Paul says, don't be on that journey. He said, be on the journey where you are filled with the Spirit. And then interestingly enough, when he used the word be filled with the Spirit, that be filled is written in the continuous tense. It's not to say, I remember in... uh, 1979, I was filled with the Spirit. Not what Paul is saying. He says, be continuously filled. 
In the same way when alcoholic is continually going down the journey of ruin because of alcohol in his life, and he's drunk, by the way, in the same way he says, no, 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 don't go on that journey. Go on the journey where you're continuously filled by the Holy Spirit. And he won't ruin your life. He'll strengthen your life. He'll build your life. You have a different way of living. You have a different power within you. If you follow this route of being continuously filled with the Holy Spirit. Can you think how the world will look? How are this country and our neighboring countries and Africa and the world will look if you and me will infuse our public life our culture, our everyday sphere of, of everyday life, our society, if we are living as people filled with the Holy Spirit, how will this world look? How will this country look? How will our communities look? If we are really filled and living as people of the Spirit. I've got an idea, if we really do that, it will change everything. You know, we are looking at the problems that we have in our country, in our world, in our neighboring countries, in Africa, and we say, oh, if only we can have a different government, if only we can have this, if only we can have that. I think it starts at grassroots level, where one, two, three, five hundred, ten thousand 50 million people start living a different life. If the, you and me and the way we live our everyday lives will be the testimony of people filled with the Holy Spirit, we'll have a different country. Amen? Amen. We are here, we are called to impact. That's, by the way, the name, I think, of this assembly. We are here, we are called to impact our society. We are here to impact our community, the community in which we live. We are here to impact the office in which we are working. We are here to impact wherever we are with our friends and family, to make an impact there. We don't need to go there and have lots of knowledge and high words and theology and whatever and share it there. People won't understand it in any case. But people will be touched by the way you live. Especially if, if your life infuses society with the Holy Spirit in you. And the power of your Holy Spirit in you. We can do that. We can only do that if we ourselves maintain a Holy Spirit-filled life. If we are living Holy Spirit-filled lifestyle. Then we can have personal integrity, godly character, and moral courage. You know, personal integrity is to be the same person on the inside and the outside. It's not so difficult to just be real. Personal integrity. Godly character is to imitate and follow the character of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. Moral courage is to do what is right, whatever people say. And if nobody sees you, you still do what is right. That's moral courage. 
I trust and believe and pray that every member of this church, every member of the AFM should be a Holy Spirit-filled person who lives a Holy Spirit-filled and Holy Spirit-guided life every day. You know, not just on Sunday. Not just at the prayer meeting. Not just at the conference. Every day, everywhere, only then will it really make an impact. Only then there will really be a difference. Now, we love to say, wherever you find people, you'll find the AFM. And when, and when we say that, we're not only talking about buildings. We're talking about Holy Spirit-filled people. Wherever you find people, you should find Holy Spirit-filled people that makes a difference in the daily, in the small things. Because that will have an impact in the great things. Amen. Maybe allow the Holy Spirit, and I'm closing, maybe allow the Holy Spirit to really come and refresh us, to really fill us, to really empower us again. If you're that person that can say, I have a date, I know on that date I was filled by the Holy Spirit. May you again today say, Lord, refresh me. Lord, empower me again. Lord, today, come, fill me again with your power. I want to be a man, a woman, a child, a young person. I want to be somebody filled with the Holy Spirit. That lives a lifestyle full of the Holy Spirit. I want to ask you to stand with me. I'm going to pray and I'm going to also ask Jamela then to, to lead us. But I'm, I want to ask you to there, after I've prayed and when we start to sing something, to just present yourself to God this morning. To just say, God, come and refresh your Holy Spirit's power in me. Not only to say, it was Pentecost Sunday. But to say, I want to live a life as a person filled with the Holy Spirit. In the way I speak. In the way I think. In the way I do things. In the way I do business. Everything, my life must be fulfilled with God's Spirit. Amen. Father God, thank you. Thank you for your word and the power of your word. Thank you, Lord, that we know again today that you sent your Holy Spirit, not just for people to have a good time, to experience your presence, that as well, but Lord, to empower us to make a difference in this world. You said... You will be filled with the Spirit, and you will be my witnesses. And Lord, you send us your Holy Spirit power to make us your witnesses. Not only when we preach the gospel, but also when we live our normal lives. Also when we speak to our friends. Also when we speak to our colleagues where we work. That we will be witnesses by the way we live. People of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, as we sing this morning again, as we place every one of our, us, ourselves before your throne, come Holy Spirit.
come again and empower us. Refresh us. Renew us, Lord, to be what you want us to be as Holy Spirit-filled people. I pray this in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen.